to the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast with Borg, Betts, and a baller. Welcome in. It's Wednesday, October 18th. We're back. It's the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. The group's all here. Matthew Betts, Mike Wright, and I am Kyle Morganoni. Not Matthew Betts this week, huh? Not this week, sir. <laughs> Matthew Bats. Last week, that was Kyle's intro. He he was real quick with it. He was confident, and he just tried to roll right through it. And Jason and I were like, "Wait, did you just say Matthew Bats?" Sure did. <laughs> Is that like your Halloween? Oh, maybe persona. It, well, it's not, but maybe it should be. Like, I would love it if it was your witness protection name. Like, they just did a really poor job, <laughs> and they were like Matthew Bats. No one will ever guess that. This guy's. In- no one will will ever know. No, I was, you know, it's coming off beach life, you know, just a little rusty. I get it. I mean, you know, Betts is doesn't have a mustache anymore. No, back to normal. It, back it, to being presentable in public. That's that's great news. Yeah, better for everyone. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're doing good work here for an audio format. Um, we're, we're we're doing great stuff. But guys, we're at the point of the season. I actually had to tell my wife. I said, "Hey, we're about a third of the way through the fantasy football season. We just finished really? week six. Yeah, you know, I I guess mathematically that checks out. She, she said, so am I going to get the other version of you after the end of the season? That's like, is, is that a conversation in y'all's household? What? The other version? The non-football season version of myself. Well, as in just like you're, you, you have more time for other things? I'm not as distracted, people. Okay. I mean, because to say that it's an other version, I mean, that would, I, I feel like she's saying that you are... A like variant? a less than version, like you're a meme or something. I mean, <laughs> I Kyle's just walking around his house, yeah, I get, stressed out of his mind every week. <laughs> well, maybe maybe there's that, but I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, my nights will open up, and Sunday, I, I, that's the part. The wife does not like the Sundays that I go in at essentially eight in the morning and I come home at about five ish, and that's a Sunday, and then I'm like, oh, back to work tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Yep. It's, uh, hey, I'm working. It's work. Yeah, it's been it's been yeah, tough in the Betts household because of the same reason on Sundays, but also Thursdays, um, and Monday yep. nights. And uh-huh. usually, I'm like, yeah, we'll hang out. You know, on Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll watch a show. Friday night, whatever. But now, like with the Phillies, I'm like, hey, they're in another game tonight. She's like, it's Tuesday. I'm like, yeah, baseball's like it's here. Um, she also didn't love that I dropped on her that NHL is back for hockey, college football is in full swing. So. Yeah, I think she's ready for February. Did did she know who she was marrying? Oh yeah, we do this every like, year. Let's say, did, <laughs> did you just like did you hide all the sports fanatic stuff, and then as soon as you're married, like, oh by the way, I'm a diehard sports fan. No, of she all sports. she knew what she was getting into, but she kind of forgets all right. every every summer when life's good. You yeah, know, we all do. And then all of a sudden, fall gets here, and she's like, oh, man, yep, we're back. <laughs> so yeah, we're in it. We're in it right now, Kyle. Sports. Yay for sports. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk about on this podcast uh some players that we have risen in confidence, players that I had no no business even liking at all, but now I'm actually interested in Dynasty, so we'll talk about that in just a second. And then our first ever full Dynasty mailbag. We'll get to answer some listener questions, a live drop from uh your boy Mike Wright. So I've been told and um uh, yeah, <laughs> right before the show. Dives. Mike, I did some deep dives on the mailbag before this show, just to you, to see where we've been. You are a meticulous so, man when it comes to research. I I, I went to, through some 2015 archives. Oh, and I thought about goodness gracious. <laughs> you know what, Mike? You actually sound pretty similar to yourself. Well, I, I will say, yeah, I, I, I haven't aged Andy, a day. <laughs> Andy sounds different. The lower voice or higher voice? What are we talking here? Yeah, he's a little bit more. Uh, you know, loose with the tongue now, like he's just able to like, you know, his voice inflections are different. He'll yeah. joke. It's, it's different. Yeah, but, I mean, you find yourself over the course of 10 years. Yeah. So, um, great stuff. We'll talk about that in the mailbag. But my first question that I have for you guys is a player that you would say, man, I am so much more confident heading into week seven than I was in week one. And maybe in week one, you thought <laughs> suckers, you have this player on your team. I'm not interested. Maybe like, oh, it's a really easy like sell opportunity. And now it's a player. It's like, I think 
I think I want this player on my team. So Betts, I will let you start first, a player that you are increasingly more confident now. Yeah, it's hard not to be more confident about Travis Etienne after what he's shown for the first month yeah, and a half of the yeah. season. <laughs> and, you know, in Dynasty circles, we love these rookies, right? We're, we're talking about, well, Tink Bigsby's probably going to carve out a role. They talked all offseason about backing off on Etienne's workload. They have done the exact opposite. 79% of the snaps uh, and 18.8 opportunities per game. And the thing that we were always asking ourselves is, like, where is this pass-catching role that he showed at Clemson? He's seeing four targets per game this year. And over the last two weeks, the other concern with Tank Bigsby was, well, he's going to get the goal line role. Travis Etienne has handled 100% of the inside the five carries for Jacksonville two weeks in a row. He's just been awesome, man. And he looks explosive in a good offense. So I have a lot of Tank Bigsby. I don't have much of Travis Etienne, you know, even in like redraft leagues or best ball. And I am regretting that big time. Let me let me put that to the test. Name the running backs you'd rather have in Dynasty than ETN, because I feel like he's right there among the top five right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because there's so many that are great, but they're kind of aging out, like the Ecklers and Derrick Henrys of the world, obviously. So, I mean, it's I feel like it's CMC, Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, maybe. Brees. Brees. Brees, and that might be it, honestly. I, I think that's fair. I think he belongs four, five, and then Jonathan Taylor. Would you have Jonathan Taylor or Travis Etienne? Uh, that's tough. I think it's a coin flip. I guess, I guess I lean Taylor with the recent contract extension when you're thinking long term. But for this year, I would rather have Etienne. Yeah, long term, I'll take Taylor because I mean the in the process of what everything that I, I think Jacksonville was genuine when they were saying all those things about Tank Bigsby. I think, you know, when you're hearing all those things in the part of your process, you know, you where it's it's a game of probability, you're trying to leave yourself open to things. I think where cuz I took a massive L on Travis Etienne. I was out. Like I I really thought Tank Bigsby was going to come in, but part of the process I didn't account for enough was what if Tank Bigsby is just he ends up not being good enough? Like he's not the player they thought they drafted because he was a player I liked. He got day two, day two capital, so it was I'm like, yeah, of course, this is going to work out. But yeah, I, I think that that's probably – I think that's the problem is what we've seen out of Tank Bigsby and what they're seeing, I'm guessing, in practice is he's not ready. So I think that I'll go Taylor over ETN because I think that well, long-term there still is the opportunity that Tank improves, gains the trust, and then next year you see – a more shared backfield. But for now, ETN's that guy. I'm going to throw out a player that he throws me off when he's on the field because I don't know why he has this number. It's Rashid Shahid of the New Orleans Saints, number 22. Does anybody else, like when you see a wide receiver going down the field on a, you know, 40-yard target, you're like, what is he doing with that number? He's chucking up the deuces, bro. <laughs> Twice. I guess, because it's... <laughs> It throws me off, and then I'll say this. It's really easy to fade any player that's an undrafted free agent and say, can they keep this up? So he had a little bit of burst last year, a couple of games, but um, man, like he's involved in this offense more than just a gadget player. His ADOT's huge. We already knew that, 18.4, but he's getting around five targets per game. His route rate went up to 96% this past week, and he had a career-high 29 snaps in the slot. So he's not just some, you know... I used to think he was just like a, a nine-route guy only. That's all he's going to be. Catch a deep bomb. That's it. Like, he's he's getting a little bit different looks. And so this past week, he made two huge highlight reel catches. Like, he had the touchdown and he had another great catch. I think what, what he is, is if you are in a league that has two flexes, you can feel confident if you need that nitro boost in your second flex spots and you just want to shoot for the moon like you have more confidence than I'm going to get goose egged from this player so it's not somebody that I thought I'd be talking about you know in week seven but I think Rashid Shahid can play and it seems like he's a big part of this offense I'll jump in with uh my character and it's Isaiah Pacheco uh running back for the Kansas City Chiefs who I mean we had our short-term concerns for Isaiah Pacheco of the seventh rounder he was injured all offseason does he actually hold on to that job you know it's probably not 
Clyde or like, but do they bring someone else in? They, they were rumored. They were, uh, you know, like they were rumored and connected to both Bijan and Gibbs, which they didn't have the opportunity to draft them. But even still, the rumors, you know, they they start infecting your mind. Of we've seen these running backs flash in the pan with, when they don't have draft capital, and then they are simply replaced. They are thanked for their service and sent along their way because we want to get our true guy in here. But this Kansas City Chiefs offense is, I mean, it's morphing this year. We're seeing a lot of Isaiah Pacheco. We're seeing a lot of him in the passing game. You know, like last year, once he finally took over the job, it looks like he was about, uh, you know, a 5% target share. And this year he's sitting at nine. You know, we had a, we just saw a game of him getting six targets. Like he is a featured part of the offense. He is getting goal line work, you know, like some of it at least, uh, where that, like in the past, that's been once they get inside the five, they just put Jarek McKinnon in. And they're not always doing that anymore. And I just, I'm getting to the point now where I think that maybe Pacheco is, maybe his starting role is safe, where coming into the year, you know, I'm revisiting my, my startup rankings. And of course, hindsight makes everything look, look dumb, but it's like, Rashad White, Aaron Jones, uh, Cam Akers. You know, like these were guys that you had more long-term confidence in than Pacheco, and uh, I think that Pacheco is probably ranked ahead of those guys now uh, in Dynasty. It's, it's just wild to see how much the team has leaned on him in these past few weeks, and I think they're just going to keep doing it. Yeah, so far he's seeing 28% of the team's total rushing attempts and targets on our site, we call that the workhorse percentage, which is near RB1 levels. Like if you hit 30%, you are the team's like true, like right. true dude. So he's hitting close to those levels and he's been steady, you know, last couple of weeks over the last month. My question is if you are a team that's like, hey, I kind of just lucked into Isaiah Pacheco, you know, like he was seventh round pick in the NFL draft. Maybe you got him in the third round. Um, of your rookie draft two years ago, and you're still rebuilding. Is he a player that you can capitalize now? Because contenders want him. Everybody's dying for running backs. Is he someone that beyond this year you want to hold, even if you are in a rebuild? Like a blue? I don't know that I'd consider him a blue chip, like on a rebuild where it's I. You have to keep like a that building guy. block. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but if you are rebuilding and you can turn him into like a long-term wide receiver asset, I would – I'm very cool with that. I feel like the – when you're rebuilding, the running back's kind of like that last piece that you need to plug in and you you find them through the draft. So if you if you got lucky and can turn Pacheco into something else, I'm I'm okay doing it. But I, I'm rising on that. I think that he stays there starting running back next year. Yeah, I think he's going to have to mess up to get you know out of this role, right? Because you think about the contract – for Mahomes and for Chris Jones on defense, right. they've got to find guys like this to just plug in and play. And that's what they've been doing at wide receiver, and it's worked so far. And, you know, he's cheap. He's costing them nothing. So unless he does something to lose this job, I do think it is his next year. But that said, like, in a rebuild, I'm always trying to get, like you said, that young wide receiver. Um, what, what do you guys think? Would you take a first for Pacheco if you're in that situation? I would. I think you yes. could get even more right now. Like, I Ooh. think that you can get a first plus another player in there if you're rebuilding because people, like, look at him as, like, he's the dude. There's nothing, nobody else. Clyde's gone this next year. You know, they didn't pick up his option. So they're going to add somebody else to his backfield next year. Now, that's so far away that, you know, you can play so many guessing games. But it's enough to say if you're rebuilding, you know, and you say, hey, my team's not going to compete this this year, then, yeah, move on for a first and maybe get a little bit more. Would you trade Pacheco for Jahan Dotson? I knew oh. you were going to ask that question. <laughs> and I don't want to answer. <laughs> we we have... I, okay, so we put out questions for Mailbag, which we'll get to. The most talked about and most asked player is Jahan Dotson, by far. Like, what do I do with him? So if I was the Pacheco manager, I would want more. Yeah. Wow. I, I think that's right. probably right. Maybe Dotson in a second. I, I think I would be open to that, Mike. Yeah, I, I I'm definitely open to that. 
I didn't. I didn't want to get too much into Dotson. He just he becomes when I'm looking at startup rankings. It's like, oh yeah, this player who was great but is underperforming now, because like you're not you're not going to get you know Debo or or Christian Watson or you know any of the this year's rookies. But it's just trying to find that perfect match. Like, what about uh, what about Hollywood Brown? You think you could get that done? It's a solid offer i think i think people undervalue hollywood for what he's doing right now and what he's, he's going to do 26 is he going to get an extension I, you know what it's like there more in arizona but like the i have not heard anything about an extension for him i, I would be pretty surprised if they don't but at least the rumor mill is pretty quiet about it right now yeah i, th- I think i mean he's kyler's boy right i think they They've shown they're trying to keep Kyler happy in general, I think, so far since this coaching staff took over. Um, so I think he does get an extension, but obviously that's a gamble you got to take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about Dotson, though, in a second because I am a Dotson manager and I'm terrified. I'm terrified to even start the guy, much less like figure out if I can trade him or anything. Like, he's just sitting there. I don't like it. So we'll talk about him in a second. We'll get a bunch of different questions. Mike, do you have the pipes warmed up? I mean, sure. <laughs> Let's go. Mailbag. Mailbag Dynasty. Oh, <laughs> uh, I. So I mentioned earlier, I've done a fair amount of research with the mailbag. I even went so far to try to trick you guys earlier this year to figure out how many times you haven't done the mailbag drop, Mike, and uh, you saw right through it. So um, I don't know if you remember, we did that on a show, but um, I did want to give you a, a chance to share the origin of the mailbag part because it, ah. that came not from you, but that came from Jeremy, correct? It did. Yeah. So Jeremy, AKA Al Borland, producer extraordinaire was the, he was the fantasy footballers first ever super fan. Like back when the show was just me and Andy he would listen to every episode at his old job. He would like use his time and their resources to, to make known us Jeremy for a long time. Oh yeah. Right? I've known Jeremy since, uh, elementary school. Uh, but like he would use his time and resources to make us swag for, for the show. He, one of his badges of honor was he, uh, we changed logos of the podcast pretty quick. Like we just had one that Andy kind of whipped up. And but that's what he had, so he was like a super OG fan. And then just one day, because uh, he was on our flag football team, and one day he told me, uh, I don't remember how that came up, but he mentioned the the hits of the mailbag drop, where you know the do do do, kind of like a triplet there. He's like, I I always sing the word mailbag when that's going on. I'm like, oh, well maybe I'll do that. So he's the one who came up with the idea, and now I'm stuck doing it until I die. <laughs> you Thanks, just kind of got lumped into doing it. <laughs> yeah, um, I did find one of those old logos because I I started listening the end of probably 2015. So you wait the 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 brown football texture background. Oh yeah, Jeremy yep. and I threw that to each other. So nice. Um, yeah, good times. Here's some questions we got from our listeners. Some of these are from X, aka Twitter, and then a lot of them are also from Discord. So if you want to get those questions answered best, our fantasy footballers Discord is always popping, especially the Dynasty channels, even in the offseason. So first question is about trade timing from Dean. When is the best time in a Dynasty season to trade away a big valuable asset like CMC if the playoffs are out of reach? Is it in season before the trade deadline or out of season before draft time? I'll jump in, and I would say right before, or it doesn't have to be like countdown to the trade deadline, but it would be as the trade deadline is approaching, especially someone like Christian McCaffrey. The reason being, if you go past the trade deadline and Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, your, your asset has now lost a ton of value heading into next year. And even though McCaffrey, since the those two years that were just lost, unfortunately, to injury, he has been like he's been an Ironman. I know he's banged up you know, right now, but we don't even know if he's going to miss any time 
or not. Or, and if he does, it, it's, it should be minimal. But the point is he is an older running back, which I, maybe it's because of the two years. Like, like do you? Uh, when I think of Christian McCaffrey, I don't think of an old man. When I think of Austin Eckler, I'm like, ooh, he's aging out. And I think they're like the exact same age, which is is ridiculous and unfair of me to do that. Uh, but so if it's a especially a running back, I would be flipping them in season, and I would not be holding on to them. I'm like, oh man, if I just wait and I do this over the off season, I'm going to extract so much more value. And just no, I'm going. I have a player who could get hurt at any time, so I'm going to trade him now. Yes, keep. Here's a simple rule of thumb: is in season. Your players have more value because we're actually playing the game we're playing, right? Like you see the scores, you're in it. You feel, right. you know, if you're playing against a certain player and you want to trade from you, like I've I played against that player, I I know how well they're doing. You know, like if I played against, like if you ever played against Christian McCaffrey, you're like, crap, I hate this. This guy's gonna destroy me. Out of season is when your draft picks only acquire more value, especially as you get close to the NFL draft. So, I would say right now is the perfect time to do it. And well, not perfect for CMC because there's some doubt about injury, but like he's going to come back. He's going to be a CMC. He's going to have a touchdown for what the 15th straight game or whatever. And he's going to be fine. But yes, before your trade deadline is probably the best time to do it. Betsy, you have any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree in season. That's the time to do it. If you are, if you know your team is not going to be contending in that upcoming season, I think it's fine to trade guys like this, like right before the season starts. If someone's willing to give you, uh, you know, fair value, I think that's totally fine. But I would definitely be trying to make deals like this, like you said, before trade deadline, because the conversation could be totally different uh, this time next year. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll stress out about Jahan Dotson. <laughs> All right, I promised you some Dotson time and. The number of questions we got is ridiculous. I'm just going to people like <laughs> the Rat King, which really stood out to me on Twitter. Uh, what a handle. Are you I I... are you aware of the Rat King from the Ninja Turtles? Oh, I'm I'm definitely there. Sometimes my kids watch the cartoon in the car when I'm driving the van. Older wait, older new. Not 1987. Oh baby. Yes. On DVD. <laughs> oh, so you got Love the VHS that. tapes out. It's Get them from great. Uh, back when you had to like could get them from Burger King. It's, you, um, guys, you guys are probably too young for that. Uh, I, mean, I had older, older siblings that would do that, so I, I get it. Yeah, but that's incredible. I got all of them on. I got all of the original one on DVD, and so my kids just kind of cycle through them. But man, the uh, the writing, I, I, as a kid, it doesn't hit you. <laughs> no, the plots are pretty simple. And later, you're like, wow, they give Raphael as many puns as possible mm-hmm. in this show. So um, from why guys does like, Leonardo never use his weapons? <laughs> It's like he does a lot of kicks for someone with a, with giant with two swords. swords. <laughs> so on Twitter, the Rat King, Warwin Austin, Sport Fan Steven, Bartholomew, they're all asking, what do I do with Jahan Dotson? It's literally the same question they asked too. What do I do with Jahan Dotson? And I think it brings up a bigger point that we also got. This is from Preston on Twitter. What do you do with a guy you were hoping would make the second year breakout but didn't? Guys like Dotson or Burks, what do you do with those types of players? So let's talk about that in terms of the general strategy, and then we can zero in on uh, our boy Jahan Dotson. So what are you guys' thoughts on just second-year breakouts that don't seem to be happening right now? Go ahead, Ben. I was going to say, it just depends on the situation. Like, for Traylon Burks, you know, obviously it's been terrible, but he hasn't been on the field, like, at all, right? Remember he had that... Uh, August injury, then he kind of re-injured the knee, and we haven't seen him in about a month. So that's why it hasn't happened. I'm not saying he definitely would have broken out if he was healthy, but like you can tell yourself a reason why, obviously, it hasn't happened yet. Now, do I think it's going to happen with this Ryan Tannehill injury and Malik Willis and or Bananarama under center? I am quite worried <laughs> about that. <laughs> so situations matter, and, and obviously that is a huge part of it. Um, but, you know, I, I remember, always trying to remind myself, like, why were we so excited about a certain player, you know, in July and August before the season actually starts? And a lot of it, when it comes down to dynasty and wide receivers, is NFL draft capital, production profile, not only coming out, but what do they do in their first year in the league? 
And if the numbers suggest they're a good bet to break out, I think you stick with that player even through a down stretch. Now, we have to remind ourselves, the NFL changes so much, right? Week to week, month to month, year to year. It's been six weeks. And across Jahan Dotson or whoever's career, that is such a small sample size. So I'm more willing to kind of, I guess, go with the downtimes when the player has flashed already in the NFL versus we talked a lot on the show about Sky Moore this offseason saying like, look, he didn't do anything in year one. If he doesn't do anything early in the year in year two, like it's time to abort. And that's where I'm at with Sky Moore, whereas a guy like John Dotson has at least flashed as a rookie. So I'm not willing to jump ship quite yet. I'm worried about Traylon Burks. And then the other uh, name in here is Drake London, who, I mean, I'm still very much in on Drake London. He's actually been totally fine for fantasy yes, and very consistent sure. uh, yeah, with it, Desmond Ritter. So uh, I'm, I'm in on Drake London. Because Jahan Dotson had such a good rookie year, I'm still in. Like, I think that they, whatever this new system is, it's uh, it's broken for Jahan Dotson and long term I'm looking at Washington I believe Ron Rivera is in year three of a five-year contract and the, the, just hold on because there's a chance that Washington loses a whole bunch of games and they clear house uh you know like the, they just the team just sold and everything right so I mean you got you got a whole bunch of changing parts for Washington and you stay the course with talent. There was a – I was watching some tweets unfold at the beginning of the season. <clears throat> uh, Adam Harstead, if you guys are familiar with him, like super sharp, uh, great follow on Twitter, like real thoughtful, analytical guy. And people were rightfully, myself included, super pumped about Zay Flowers. It was, holy crap, week one. I think it was like 10 targets. It was just beyond anything that you could have hoped for for week one of a rookie to come out and look like, oh, holy crap, this guy's already the number one wide receiver for this team. And then, the, But then the dynasty community was like, we there was a bunch of polls, and it was, well, okay, who do you want? Zay Flowers or Drake London? And it was overwhelmingly, in favor of Zay Flowers because Drake London had his he goosed his, oh I mean just boom boom right in the pants and it was like <laughs> and so everyone is immediately out of like whoop this yeah see 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 they they don't throw the ball Drake London is an afterthought and it's hold on man like Drake London flashed his rookie year huge target share yes the the situation is not optimal but remember who Drake London is top ten pick. First wide receiver taken that year, had a really solid rookie year to immediately throw all that in the garbage for a player who was taken much later in the first round, it had one good game. It's like you got to pump the brakes, man. You got talent. You need to bet on talent in a dynasty league. And Drake London proved he had talent in year one, just like to me, Jahan Dotson with his draft capital, proved that he is someone who can – maybe he's not a wide receiver one. Like, I, I think Drake London's a one. Maybe Dotson's not a one, but he's a really, really good wide receiver too, and they are mismanaging and they are misusing him right now. So it's really stinks because he is a dynasty hold for me, maybe even a buy if you can get him cheap, but you can't play him. <laughs> so, like, it's going to feel real bad to go trade for a player – that's going to sit on your bench and do absolutely nothing. Yeah, good point for Betts is pulling up Devontae Adams' numbers. <laughs> and Devontae Adams, I mean, he's kind of the outlier because he was like bad. And then really bad. Really he, was, bad. Yeah. he was really bad. And then I think it was year two that Jordy Nelson went down to an ACL tear uh, in the preseason. And it was, well, this is Devontae Adams' time. To, he's got to step up and show us he can be a number one. And he did not. He was, in fact, worse year two. And then he's he's one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen. So there, as long as they show you something, buy in. And I think that Dawson has shown me enough that I'm willing to hold, wait out what's going on here. Unfortunately, though, in the meantime, you can't play him. You like he's he has an easy drop in redraft. In yes. Dynasty, just put him on the bench, 
and remind yourself from time to time, I still believe in this player, but it's going to take some time. Yeah, just, you know, in, in the middle of the week, you know, put him in the wide receiver one spot, boost his confidence. Yeah. Go go and, watch some old, go watch year one Dotson highlights. And then like pump when, yourself up. When it gets to like Friday or Saturday, then you move him, you know, like after he's kind of been built up. That's when you put him to the bench. Yeah. Like as a Dotson manager, I did a deep dive because I was like, what is different this year? Because I don't think the player all of a sudden is just bad and we liked him a lot last year. So he's top ten right now in routes run at the position, which is painful. That's as Bet- absurd. As Betts would say, he's on the all-cardio team this year. He's running a ton of routes. So fit. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, guys, he's bottom five in yards per route run at 0.62, which is – that's the Sky Moore, like territory. That's like Alec Pierce, MVS. That's the worst of the worst in the league. But here's what's changed this year. His dot is 9.9 compared to 15.4. So last year he's getting a ton of targets. Last year, 30% of his targets, 30% were 20 plus yards down the field. That was a top 12 mark. That's like, they were using him like a DJ Chark, whoever, like down the field, Chris Olave, like that's his role. This year, 10% of his targets are just 20 plus yards down the field. So there, he's getting more snaps in the slot. So my biggest question is, is enemy coming over from Kansas City installing a system where he says, hey, we won in Kansas City by just spreading the ball around. And you're kind of seeing that in Washington. Is it a Curtis Samuel week? You know, the week before was a Logan Thomas week. McLaurin's going to be consistent. He seems like the clear one, but it's just kind of totally spread out. And if that's how it's going to be, I think that's what people are looking at. And they're like, I got to get out. But like Mike said, what are you going to get out? What are you going to get for for Dotson right now? Like, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I've done, which is trade for Jahan Dotson, where okay. everyone is nervous and freaking out. And maybe this is, maybe it just keeps getting worse. I mean, truthfully, that is possible. But also, I think when you're thinking, like Mike said, fantasy football is probability based. I think it's very likely at some point Jahan Dotson's value will rebound. You know, maybe it's this year, maybe it's this coming off season, whatever it is. But like, I've traded a second for him, and I'm totally fine to take that risk on a second because second round picks and in dynasty leagues for re- rookies truthfully almost never work out i mean it's like less than 50 50 right percentage so that's a bet i'm willing to make like you said we're betting on the talent profile and remembering why we were excited about this player uh, you know this offseason the other thing too i wanted to mention is that we had this kind of unfair expectation right when terry mclaurin injured his toe right it was like oh the turf toe for terry like Jahan dotson is going to emerge as the one and in redraft leagues and best ball leagues his adp went up like three rounds in a matter of a week and if you have him in Dynasty, you're like, oh, this is it, right? This is it right here. So the expectations were sky high. Obviously, he hasn't met any expectations, but certainly not those expectations. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still on, on trying to buy Jahan Dotson. I'm glad that we're having this therapy session for me because and for everybody out there, you know, all the people I mentioned, because it's tough in Dynasty specifically. Like this format is so bent on young players ascending in their second, third year, and you're saying, I've got a player. Like, Jahan Dotson was somebody I drafted on my team in the early second round. Remember, he was kind of, like, thought of as, like, the the least of that mm-hmm. group. And so he kind of was deflated. And I was like, sweet. I have a second-round pick that seems like a clear smash hit. He could, you know, be a awesome wide receiver, too, for my team. And now it's like, I'm just sitting there. <laughs> I can't play him. I, can't, I mean, he's just going to rot away for a while. So, um, thank you. I needed that, people. Next question from Realistic Fins fans. This one's on Discord. It says, Heidi Ho Borganino, which I like. Um, how do we feel short-term and long-term about the passing game and pieces for Jacksonville? I'm heavily invested, but I'm slightly concerned that the higher peak isn't coming. I would say, guys, Jacksonville so far has been like, meh, not great, not terrible, They've had some up and down games where they just didn't show up. Uh, they just beat the Bills two weeks ago. But when I looked at their like actual stats, how is this team performing? It's pretty much what we thought. They're 10th in points per game. They're playing fast. They're third in plays per game. So the scoring as a whole in the league is down. And so nobody's really hitting a peak right now, right? Like no team other than the Dolphins are just blowing the doors off. So I, I would say so far Jacksonville been fine i think the hardest part is the passing game has kind of jumped who's the dude every single week so 
What are your thoughts on this team? Because Lawrence is clearly going to be around. Ridley is a free agent after this year. And Kirk's got a lot of money coming his way. So Kirk's going to be on this team for a while. Ingram signed an extension. What are your thoughts on investing in this team beyond just 2023? But uh, what do you think, Betts? Yeah, I think it's it's one of those situations that has the potential to be frustrating because of, like you said, the situation where Christian Kirk is signed to a lot of money. I mean, Zay Jones is making over $11 million next year. That is a lot of money. Um, and I think Zay Jones is kind of quietly like he might be sneaky good at this point in his career. Evan yes, Ingram I has agree. had an awesome you know, resurgence in his career with Doug Peterson. So you have all that. We've already talked about Travis Etienne. So like, of course, week to week, there's going to be games where you're disappointed. But in general, I still want to bet on Trevor Lawrence and this offense. Last year specifically, remember like the first half of the year, they were kind of just meh. And we were all like, eh, like, is it actually going to happen for Trevor Lawrence? And then after their bye week, they exploded on offense down the stretch. So I think better days are ahead in general for this offense. Um, even though, like you said, Kyle, they're 10th in, in scoring. So it's not like they've been bad. I just think you have to understand when you do invest in these pieces, it, it's going to be a week-to-week situation. And the thing that's been nice recently is Zay Jones has been out. So you've been getting condensed targets with Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, and um, Calvin Ridley. But like I said, I think Jones will command targets. So it is going to be a frustrating situation. What do we do with Ridley? Because I remember week one. <laughs> I remember uh, it. <laughs> yeah. He was good. It was, <laughs> week one was the ultimate. Team Ridley did a just the slowest trot around the bases <laughs> celebration, fist pumping, while the people who were out on Ridley like sh- just had their, held their hands, hanged their heads in shame. And slowly walked behind them going, yep, no, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. You were right. I'm sorry I was <laughs> sorry. wrong. Calvin Ridley is that dude. He's back. And he has not been that dude. I So we had a conversation on this podcast, and I remember Jason saying, like, hey, it seems like, you know, he's only with his team for one year. We joked about him playing on his rookie contract. It's like, as the season goes on, you look at this team, and you're like, okay, well, he fits great on this team. But is he a player they have to have? And are they going to sign? So, like, I don't know if he's tied to Trevor Lawrence beyond 2023. Like, we we thought it was, I don't know, 70% likely after week one. Right. I, I, I put I would lower the odds. That, do you guys agree? I I think I would lower them. Calvin Ridley, because like as crazy as it is, because he is on his rookie contract. Like this this dude needs to go make money. You know what I mean? Like he. <laughs> and this that's not tried. a one contract is, no. and i'm not making a gambling joke i am making a a statement of he is already much older like how old is he is he 27 28 28 i mean he's 28 doesn't have his second contract yet and he's a good player so he if i'm calvin ridley i don't care where i go whoever gives me the most guaranteed money that's what I'm going to do because I'm going to secure the long-term future of the Ridleys. You know what I mean? Like I'm not at this point. Hopefully it lines up. It would be great if it was Jacksonville. Like I want to be tied to a a young up-and-coming quarterback, a team that would have some Super Bowl aspirations over the course of my contract. But I, I think he's going to go full mercenary. Just go get that shmoney. And that can be concerning as when we see that happen (laughs) wide receivers lose fantasy value overnight because they go to such a bad situation he turns 29 this year december 20th so that's insane it's it's wild for a team to invest in a you know three four-year deal for a player that on any given week he could be the wide receiver three on this team I'm just saying, like, right. that's kind of where it shows up. So, Betsy, you mentioned, like, they owe Christian Kirk a ton of money. They owe Zay Jones a ton of money next year. Ingram's making money. Eventually, Lawrence will get an extension as well. So, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he's tied to this team. I'm not saying he's a trade-away candidate by any means, but just don't tie him long-term with this team forever. Sure. And, sorry, guys, I, I have to bring up uh, the statistical comparison so I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at 
regular Dak Prescott and expensive Dak Prescott, <laughs> uh, a.k.a. Trevor Lawrence, and through uh, six weeks, Dak Prescott is, it looks like, about six to seven points, fantasy points total behind Trevor Lawrence. So Lawrence is winning there. Uh, Dak, a higher completion percentage, a higher yards per attempt. They are tied on total touchdowns. Uh, and turnovers, it's Trevor Lawrence is actually winning that battle by turning the ball over more than Dak Prescott. Just you know, just thought springing that up for no reason. We could have played the the game <laughs> drop. We did that with Jason. Oh man, I'll, maybe I'll I'll I might need to do that for the regular show. Kyle, I, let's, so let's set that up. I, I I mentioned it last week to Jason, and but I knew he was going on vacation. Like we need some more games in there. Yes, that and All right. I mean that was. I got such such pushback of not like not just automatically crowning Trevor Lawrence into my top seven. Oh man! But maybe I'm, good, I'm, huh? we're doing all right. So through six <laughs> weeks, look, Lawrence is probably going to win and have more points at the end. But it's it's fun for now. But the real ones know. Yeah, that's know? right. All right. Next question for, uh, from Mick on Twitter. I'm tanking this year. Join the club. But a league mate. <laughs> <laughs> whose first round pick I have is also doing very poorly. Oh and no. I and I play him this week. Oh <laughs> dude. So so here's the ethical question. Should I bust out my best roster and try to win or continue to tank? This is an impossible question because it's in the best interest of your team to to continue to lose. Um, and so like, and we had, we had this happen in our league, our main dynasty league, Al Borland did the quote unquote ethical thing and played his strongest roster the final week of the season. And Kyle, you co-managed that team and you all won and the other team lost. So like literally you lost Bijan Robinson because you play you you felt like you had to put out your best lineup. Do you have like looking back now because you you went you did end up with the second pick? It's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Well, Feel I don't great. think I don't think Feel we're awesome. out. We're not out on him yet. But no, no, just no. looking back at what your team is right now, the moves that you're making as you rebuild. Do you look back at that and go? We, I think there was a couple more questionable plays we could have snuck into the lineup. Maybe, maybe tried not to win so much. How how do you feel now with an ability to look back? Oh heck yes, yeah. I wish we would have just tanked. <laughs> I wish we would have put together the biggest turds in the league. We have basically said we are throwing out our morals. If you're, we're, if our team is this bad. That's all we want to do. So Jeremy and I had a little powwow before the season said, I don't care what it takes. We're going to throw out a trash roster. And we've done it by also trading. So we have five first round picks this next year. Yeah. Goodness we've gracious. Done, we've done really well trading. Like not just like, oh, we're dumping yes. people, but like gotten you, extra value. You've so, gotten tremendous value. So the way that I look at the the question of tanking, you have to feel the full roster. Like you can't just, just can't just bench one can't or I mean because if you're allowed to bench one why did you not just bench your whole team like there's really no difference to me the way that I have approached it because I've I've had to rebuild as well is my my studs my quote-unquote studs are in the roster then the rest of it though I, maybe I make some decisions that seem subpar you know compared to like maybe there's you can look at the team and go well why didn't you play this guy but and you can make a a case of well it's 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 close maybe the other you I thought this guy was going to be better yada 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 now that destroyed me I mean that moved me from pick three to pick five one year because I played Justin Fields over over uh, Christian Kirk I believe his rookie year so, and Justin Fields ended up winning the game for me and so I I got my own instant karma there but the point being play the main players who should not be benched and then look at the rest of your your roster and maybe make some decisions of the guys that you think are the slightly worst play 
yeah, maybe you're running. There's too much at stake, week. man. Like, like <laughs> look at all. The, I mean, this year we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if uh, uh, Smith and Jigba pays off. But I mean, go back to like the Zeke year. Zeke was the 101. He was then followed up by, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, the Washington. His, his name is Dotson. Jo- Dachson. Or Dachson. Uh, Corey Clement. Coleman. Or Cole Coleman. Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman. And who was the other guy? It was one Yes. I mean, those picks two through four were slotted, and it was those three wide receivers with full confidence. And they sucked. They did absolutely nothing. And the team that got the 101 had Zeke for years. Like, you can't. There's too much at stake between the 102 and the 101. Yeah, it's... Go get your pick. Thank you. No, I feel I feel good. I feel good about our process. Like I said, if you need to run 12 personnel this week, two tight ends, tight end flex, <laughs> you, uh, you yeah. can do that. All right, one more break, and we'll be right back. All right, this next one's from Brandon Snyder. What are the realistic changes or chances of winning the league if I'm only playing one quarterback in my two-quarterback league? I've had a lot of injuries, and my quarterbacks right now are Trevor Lawrence, Desmond Ritter, and Aaron Rodgers. Can you win with that? Uh, I mean, I would have to know what the flex is. But, yes, there there are certainly times where a – low-level second quarterback is not worth playing over a positional player. And Ritter's been the better fantasy quarterback, so you're talking yeah. about Lawrence being the low-level guy. Oh, yeah. Get him. <laughs> Get him, Kyle. Join in. Uh, Ritter Kyle, stinks, come on, but... man. He injured his left knee last week. Don't dunk on him. Well, Ritter's been awesome for fantasy. Real life. I know. Train wreck. But, I know. Uh, so, Betts, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we we talked about this, I think, at some point this summer on the show about there's the, kind of this, uh, you know, misunderstanding of like two quarterback league or super flex. Like I have to have a second quarterback, and yeah, I want you know Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, but so does everyone else. And so if you have one guy that's startable, and like you said, you know Ritter or I don't know Derek Carr or someone like that, it's like maybe you have better wide receivers, maybe you have better running backs. I've got a league where I'm in a great position, but I have Josh Allen and Mac Jones, and I'm not playing Mac Jones. Oh, like, that, I'm that's playing, a perfect name. You know, I'm playing like, um, I don't know. I've got Derrick Henry. I've got Eckler. So I've got some some good running backs. But I've also got plenty of depth at wide receiver. It's like, man, I'll just stream matchups with those guys, get the guys that are getting touches and usage. I'm not playing Mac Jones just because it's two-quarterback league. So you can still be successful. But I think you need that difference maker at quarterback. That's the tricky thing. And, and I'm not sure Lawrence is there yet. Yeah. it's If you're in a full PPR league, you can totally make up the difference. I mean, just even look at quarterback scoring recently, this past week. It was like, okay, well, yeah, you played, you know, your quarterback, but he got you 14 points. Like you can make up the difference in a PPR, like, you know, by playing other guys. So next question, and this will be near and dear to your heart, Mike. It's from Richard on Twitter. What do I do with T Higgins? Dude. (laughs) Mike's face. (laughs) It's been unbelievably bad. And me and Kyle lost this week. We should have played Wandale Robinson, and I didn't even think of it because it was like, it's T. Higgins. He's back. Joe Burrow is playing better. Of course you're going to play T. Higgins, not fully thinking of the, like, that the gap between him and Wandale could actually cost you a, a, a matchup. So what do you do? Hold on. Let the bye week happen, and then, this team is improving. Joe Burrow is still not back, back, but he had on another play where it, he was just running around like his hair was on fire, trying to avoid uh, the defensive line from hitting him. You know, just indicating no, the calf is we're we're back, baby. We've got that improved. Now let's just figure out what's going on with the offense. The offensive line, I don't think you can fix it right now, but Joe Burrow has, and and with this coaching staff, they've figured out how to overcome a less than offensive line in the past give T Higgins another week to heal up from the broken rib situation I do think he's going to bounce back I saw I think it was uh Joe Goodberry 
uh, 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 Bengals follow on Twitter, another good follow, he had tweeted out of this is like going through all the metrics of of uh, of T Higgins this year, and it's like this is by far the worst T Higgins we've ever seen. Like his his drop rate is out of control. His the actual catch rate is just so low, and it's I we expect that T Higgins will bounce back. Maybe he is more hurt. Maybe he was more hurt than we knew, which a broken rib really sucks. But maybe he's pressing too hard because he knows it's a contract year, right? And and now, because I mean he's uh, he's playing for big money right now. When I I don't remember all the free agent wide receivers next year, Pittman. but T Higgins is going to be the cream of the crop and should get a huge contract. So he's he's playing for that pressing maybe a little bit too hard. Let the Bengals offense find their flow. I do really think that T Higgins bounces back and I think he is in redraft or maybe even dynasty just a a tremendous buy low opportunity a buy a buy low never feels good like if it is a true buy low opportunity we have there's too many times on giving fantasy advice where someone just has one bad game and you're like oh maybe go see go see if it's a a buy low opportunity because crazy stuff does happen in fantasy football so you have to mention it but to truly buy low on a player is because they are down in the dumps, like Ramondre before this past weekend. I mean, your confidence of of that situation is it cannot be high, or you're a psychopath. Like it was, <laughs> I believed that Ramondre could bounce back because I I believe in his talent, but he had been playing so bad, and the Patriots has been so bad. But it was look at this, look at the schedule. These things do make sense. So maybe Ramondre and the Patriots are not good enough against a bad, uh, bad schedule to really perform. But maybe they're good enough against a positive schedule to perform, and it looked like it because Ramondre had his best game in forever. So I think that a true buy low, you do feel something in the pit of your stomach that goes, "I maybe I'm making a terrible mistake right now," and that's how it feels about T. Higgins. So that means it's a true buy low opportunity. He is a great wide receiver. He's just playing poorly. So he's not yet 25. Before the season, we had him ranked as a borderline top 10, top 12 dynasty yes. wide receiver. And so I think the 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 pause in dynasty is, I don't know where he's going to be this next year. Uh, so there's you know so many unknowns. That is why it's a buy low, because you're using those unknowns to your advantage and saying, hey, mm-hmm. regardless of landing spot, what do I think of this player? What do I think he can be? And then is there a gap between what he's worth, which I think he's worth a first plus in oh, Dynasty. Yes. But right now, people are trying to get out. Um, there's, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, talented player, no issues, we liked the team, and now it, it's like, oh, I'm just going to pause. Like, no, if you want to go buy him, you can um, for our first bets. Any thoughts on Higgins? I just want to add on and just say, be aggressive. Like, go get T. Higgins now because whether you're a contender or not, like, if you're in a rebuild, perfect. He's struggled, he's injured, whatever. But, like, man, they have really leaned into the past last two weeks. Joe Mixon has started to become very inefficient. There were some warning signs of that last year. I think Burrow is going to be chucking down the stretch here. So, better days are ahead for T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and the entire team. Um, And I just want to list off the names of wide receivers. He is competing with for a contract next year. We talked about Hollywood Brown, but it's like Mike Evans, OBJ, Curtis Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, DJ Chark, like Calvin Ridley. Um, he is going to get a massive amount of money. So I'm I'm trading for T Higgins. All right, a couple more here. This one's from Phil. I'm in first place. Congrats, Phil. And I have a win now team. Who are some older veterans that I can try to target to win a championship that won't cost me a fortune bets you have a list <laughs> of some players here adam Thielen, man we just, oh, no. we've talked about him i think three times on the show and i he can't I don't keep getting away like, with this how is it happening like i i always want just to remind myself of like okay the process was right this offseason i'm not i'm not buying in but you have to adjust right and he's been great yeah. and he's getting so many targets so you can get him cheaply. Raheem Mostert, same thing. Um, I think there might be a window here with David Montgomery, 
where he's probably going to miss two or three weeks. But if you're a contender, you can embrace you know some uncertainty and get him down the stretch. the The schedule for the Lions is really nice down the stretch. And then we talked about Hollywood Brown a little bit, but I think he's an interesting guy to get as a contender. The target quality hasn't been great, but man, he's seeing ten targets every single week. Um, so I, I'm in on those guys. I think a player that I'm interested in that hasn't blown the doors off yet is Tyler Lockett. He's like he's he's at the stage where yeah. it's like okay, it's getting old. If you're rebuilding, you probably don't want him on your team. But if you're trying to like add somebody with some explosivo down the stretch, they've already had their bye week. He's somebody that I would, you know, I'd still consider like, hey, this this is a player that's getting 36% of the team's air yards. Metcalf got kind of, you know, banged up this past week, but it's a team that we think likes to pass. And uh, they've had the connection, Lockett and Geno in the past. So I like Tyler Lockett. Any names, Mike, any random names that come up to you, just a veteran? Uh, I mean, I was just, I was going to jump in on, agreeing on Tyler Lockett. Like, I think if you are interested in Tyler Lockett, you need to look at last week as a a blessing that he didn't just go nuclear. He was six for 94. You put a touchdown into those numbers, and you're not at – at that very moment in time, you're not going to be able to go get Tyler Lockett. But he is uh, – I mean, yes, we have hindsight now. But after – in his bye week, Tyler Lockett was an incredible buy low of where it in your stomach you might go, oh, I don't know, man. The se- the season has not gone as I had hoped for for Tyler Lockett. For Geno Smith isn't playing as good as he had. He he hadn't been above sixty yards yet, but he still had that two touchdown week against Detroit. And then we what do we get right out of the bye week? Six for ninety four. Tyler Lockett still has it. It just hasn't all clicked for for Seattle yet, and there is a chance that that it absolutely will. And they don't have. Uh, I'm trying to think here, but what do we think of their schedule moving forward? The Seahawks. We were pretty bullish bets at the beginning of the season of their over in a team that we thought just had some value. Um, I remember when we were doing their projections, but I I just think that the fact that you're getting past a buy is is something psychologically people don't think about a ton, but they have you some should. true, yeah, they have some truly awesome games uh, that they have down the stretch, especially like Philadelphia and Tennessee and Pittsburgh is the playoffs. So, right. Um, yeah. Fifth easiest in our metrics on the site for schedule adjusted, you know, matchups for wide receivers. So I think the Seattle passing game is, is set to take off here down the stretch. Sweet. All right. Couple more here. This one caught my attention because of the name on Twitter. It's from at Bilbo's underscore Baggin. Um, <laughs> just it's pretty simple. What do I do with Damian Pierce? Oh, mama. Um, pray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever <I> deity <laughs> you it's, you pray to. You should have just might. never had him in the first place. Oh, get out of here, <laughs> I'm Kyle. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no this this week we because I have not heard anything of why or what happened, but this week should freak you out that they were in a neutral to plus game script, and it was Devin Singletary. <laughs> like right. Devin Singletary was the dude. Yeah, Damian Pierce got a couple. Uh, he got a, a couple attempts inside the five. Didn't work out as you would expect. I mean, this is if Damian Pierce is going to score, it has to be from either the one or further out, and he breaks a a run in. But this use of Singletary, maybe it's a one off. Certainly could be that. But it is. It should be nerve wracking that Devin Singletary got so much work in a game they were winning, and because that's when I would expect Pierce to just get a crap ton of work but he did not and i would be i'm a little nervous about it right now they're three and three right now the texans and i did some work looking at their schedule rest of the season they're on by this week um and i just i worry about this team because he needs to be in good game scripts he needs to be in a situation where he's getting those you know 10 zone carries and it just hasn't worked this team's run pretty hot on third down they have the six highest third down conversion rate and with a rookie quarterback, I love Stroud. You guys know how much we've all talked about mm-hmm. Stroud. I think this has been a very pro-Stroud podcast. 
Yes. I don't think we've hit the side of variance where he the, he's just going to turn the ball over every once in a while. Like, it's oh, just yeah, gonna, it's coming. Yeah, as a rookie quarterback. So that's scary to me for this team. But if you're a contender, this is what this person asks, um, you just got to hold. It's a running back in Dynasty. You can't, you're not going to get fair value for him. I mean, if a re, somebody in rebuild thinks they like him, sure. But I just can't imagine somebody paying anything more than like a maybe a second. Would you guys take a second? No, I would hold Pierce. I would too. Yeah, probably for that I'd hold him and just hope better days are ahead. Um, yeah, it's it's you can't. This is the lowest his value currently is, right? So you can't move on now. And good, but hey, just to speak, share that quote that you just found, bets. Yeah, I was just gonna just let everyone know. D'Amico Ryan's after the game said, "quote Our run game was better. It was that complimentary back and forth between DP, meaning Damian Pierce, and Motor, Devin Singletary. <laughs> they call him Motor." They call him Motor. Oh, good. DP, that's, that's a red flag in and of itself. Yeah, it DP is. had some elite f- elite finishes. Motor had some nice runs. Going to continue to balance both guys out. So that's not great. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, that's just the side of this team and him. We're like, we were excited, excited about the role, but draft capital once again wins out. Last question I have here from Ruskin on Twitter. You talked earlier about about uh, Ramondre, Mike. Are you holding Ramondre, and this person also threw in Kyron, if you're in a rebuild? So two players that don't have great draft capital that who knows if they have the role next year? Who knows what those teams look like next year, by the way? The Patriots, the Rams, like things could change. So are you holding those players if you're in a rebuild? Oh, man. Um, I... I'm trying not to have recency bias. I'm really trying not to, but I think I have more confidence in Kyron for next year. Um, Both, what's wild is, like, is Bill Belichick coaching the Patriots next year? Um, Let's put some percentages to it because I will say he, I, I think he is the coach next year, but I'm putting it at, like, 60%. Yeah, I I think I'm just slightly over half. Like meaning that there is a there is a strong possibility that this this could be the end that the Patriots allow Bill Belichick to say, "No, I'm I'm walking away. I'm going to retire here." But then here's another question. Is Sean McVay the coach of the Rams next year? <laughs> I don't know. Did they win this the Super dude, Bowl this year? This dude keeps talking about retiring. He's about to have his first kid. He's, yeah. I mean, he's got the cash. He could go get even more cash from Amazon or wherever and not yeah. have the stress of coaching. I I think that McVay stays, but just saying that both of these guys are in really sketchy situations, of, of not just the coaching, but of being just replaced. But Kyron has – Kyron's looked good. He's And I think that McVay and crew – learned a really hard <laughs> truth when they gave Todd Gurley all that money and it hamstrung them to like what they could do for the rest of the team. I know salary cap doesn't exist. It it does. The Rams had to make some unfortunate moves because of salary cap. And if you have this running back who's doing everything that you need him to do, why why replace him? Not every team is the Atlanta Falcons and where they're just dumb, and they have a great thing. And a <laughs> but our awesome, testosterone levels. They they have a Sky great high. young RB who could do everything you need him to do. Like, okay, not a dynasty question, but I'm bringing it up. Are the Atlanta Falcons? Are like what do they look like this year if Bijan is not on the team? Are they that much worse, or are they? Is it neutral? They're the same. I think it's pretty close to neutral. As look, Bijan's doing amazing things, making th- some really great plays, but I think it's it's only a slight downgrade. Now put in, I don't know who else they could have taken off Jaylen the top of my Jalen Carter head. is who I wanted us to Jaylen Carter. Okay, put Jalen Carter on the Falcons versus Bijan. That team is better. Like I, I think that that hands down that team is better if they made that move. It it wasn't that hard. He played at Georgia. And he had the he had the off field stuff, yes. and everyone got freaked out. <sighs> you know, but, instead- but my my point being, 
not everyone is the Atlanta Falcons of they're going to throw away a situation where they have a late drafted running back who looks like they're they're good enough to do everything that the team needs. Yeah, they're not true difference makers, but you don't have to have a true difference maker at running back. Yeah, They're fun, but you don't need it. Yeah. And just to follow up, I would say that if you're in a rebuild, I I would trade away these guys. That's oh, oh yeah, I agree. Yes. Rebuilding trade. Hundred percent. Yeah, any any running back. Let's not name Breeze. <laughs> Screw them on. RBs, bro. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, like, yep, take him. <laughs> take him. If, if I'm on a rebuild, you take him. I'm currently in a rebuild where I am starting Jarek McKinnon because no one wants him. And uh Tyler Algier or Damian Harris. <laughs> and I'm happy as can be <laughs> waiting for my picks next year. Oh, I am I am in a rebuild and we traded away Aaron Jones and Swift this year, and we're going with Rico Dowdle. And uh I think that's it. I think that's all <laughs> we we got Salvin Ahmed, I think, as well. So we can get a start or two. Um all right, that's gonna do it for this episode. Next week we have a special episode. We're gonna be doing a rookie redo draft where we look back at the rookies Ooh. we'll see how far quentin johnston falls oh because huge if he has a big game this week or at least just a if he's alive then, a catch. Uh, things will change because yeah it's all about the ups and downs but the vibes. he did not have a huge game <laughs> but he did not show up they, he did not run out there he did not so anyway check back in with us this next week have a good week everybody Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, tell your friends about the podcast. Do it. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. If you want to take your dynasty skills to the next level, check out the fantasyfootballers.com.